Well, somebody said, let heaven and earth rejoice. And the church did just that. Amen. Grace and peace be multiplied to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a joy to be amongst God's people celebrating the greatest birth that has ever happened. The God-man wrapped in flesh come to us. And I can barely contain myself. I am, I'm ready to preach this morning. I want to hear it like I want to preach it. It may be something that happens in here tonight. Do I need to? Okay. Pray with me this morning. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your steadfast love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your consistency. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the many blessings that you've given us. God, we thank you that you woke us up in our right mind this morning. Lord, we thank you that you put food on our tables and clothes on our back and gas in our cars. Father, we thank you. But there's nothing more that we thank you for than your son, who is the hope of glory sent to us in the flesh. And this morning, I pray that you would do something so radical, so unbelievable, that there'll be only one conclusion in this room, that there is a God, the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm preaching in my prayer already. I, it may be something up in here today. Christmas has become one of my most favorite times of the year. According to many, the holiday is commercialized, trivialized, and viewed by many to be no different than any other holiday, namely a day from off of work. I thought I would have got an amen somewhere now. Yeah, like I don't care. Give me that holiday pay. Even people who don't celebrate Christmas are gonna take that holiday pay. All the people who say they don't celebrate Christmas, I say run that holiday pay over here then, brother. Because I do, I do. Ain't nobody ever gave it to me yet. Or oh, that floating holiday, let it float on over here. Still, there is something special and powerful about Christmas. If we will keep it real, similar to Easter, the Christmas holiday, as it has been handed down to us, emerges out of paganism. Moreover, those of us familiar with the biblical story know very well there is no such thing as Santa Claus, all the parents said, amen. Jesus was not born on December 25th, and the Christmas has absolutely nothing to do with Black Friday, and some of y'all still recovering from it. Y'all been negotiating with rent all December. You know what I had to do. Now it's black in your house. You ain't got no lights. You ain't got no lights. It's not about Christmas trees. And it's not about colorful decorations. But one decoration that is at the center of every Christmas is Christmas tree lights. I love Christmas tree lights. Around this time every year, lights are being purchased from everywhere to go up everywhere. 
Lights on the house, lights on the tree, lights in the church, lights in some of y'all Yukon. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me this morning. Lights are just part of the Christmas season. But have you ever asked, why did Christmas lights come into the world? After Christmas, tree candle uh, caused a tragic New York fire. A team by the name of Albert thought to repurpose the white novelty lights his family produced, switching them over to colored bulbs and creating the first Christmas light safe for widespread use in the home. Yes, Christmas tree lights came into the world to save us from the fire. I'm preaching better already. Well, I didn't come to talk about that kind of Christmas tree light. You know, there's another Christmas tree light that came into the world to save you from the fire. And if you knew him like I knew him, you would have shouted right there. But why did the true light come into the world? Let me just give it to you like the way John does it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The true light that gives light, not to some people, not to black people, not to white people, not to Latino people, not to Asian people, but he said the light that gives light to everyone. In other words, it don't matter how much melon is in your skin. If you're going to see, it's going to be through Jesus. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter your economic status. Doesn't matter the clothes you got on. Doesn't matter what you got on your feet and the ice on your wrist. If you Jesus, you ain't got light. And Jesus was coming into the world to keep us safe and to save us from the fire. Uh, y'all know the story, right? And uh, the Christmas story. Yeah, yeah, know, everybody knows the Christmas story. But I want to give the Christmas story to you raw. I want to give it to you down to earth. I want to pull away the decorations. I want to pull away all the cute stuff. And I just want to make it simple because, you know, we like to dress things up that are ugly that we can't digest so that we're able to accept certain things. But there are some things that, that, that you just need it raw and plain. And so I'm going to give you the story real raw and real plain. No decorations, no Christmas light, just plain. Here it is. The Christmas story, when you boil it down, involves a pregnant teen out of wedlock, living under an oppressive regime in a world where her rights and worth were, were neither valued nor considered. Because in Jesus' day, women were treated less than the carpet in your house. And in some instances, it still is the case. Mary was poor. She was powerless. And she was marginalized. Let me say it to you again. Because I know y'all got a little cute little image of Mary. And y'all think she rich. And she was rolling high. And she stayed at the Hilton Inn. 
By the time we get done dressing it up, we take everything away, right? But the girl was poor, powerless, and marginalized. And her betrothed Joseph took on her shame by marrying her, and their baby was born in a barn. This young family was destitute, forgotten, and even homeless. The family that God chose to bring his son into the world was destitute, forgotten, and broken. Y'all not with me this morning. If Jesus could be born into that situation, what make you think that God won't send you into hard times and give you hard situations? Are you better than Jesus? And yet, watch what God is doing. God uses in his awesome wisdom, in his magnificent knowledge, in his unscrutable ways, in all of his awesomeness, God decided to use this black backdrop as the means by which his son's light would shine in the world. Now be with Mary for a minute. She's pregnant. She's a woman. She ain't got nothing. She probably feels that she ain't nothing. And God puts her in this peculiar predicament. Mary, what's going on in your head? Mary, what are you feeling in this moment? Y'all like to read your Bibles and move past, but maybe you've been in a Mary situation where you didn't know which way you would go. God called you to do something, but he didn't spell out all the provision. He didn't lay out all the plans, but you knew that God called you to do something, but all around you was darkness. You couldn't see where you were going. I wish I had some people in the room that knew what it was to dwell in darkness. Y'all got to catch it now. She's in darkness, but God got a plan for her. Light ain't nowhere to be found, but God got a plan for her. God to do just that. God to set you up in darkness so that when his light breaks forth, you'll know that it ain't nobody but God. So here it is. I can only imagine the depression that she's feeling in her soul, feeling disenfranchised, feeling like she's at a dead end no matter how hard she tries. And then God tells her that though you're not married, you're going to have a virgin birth. Okay, let me be real. Let me, let me bring it in. Let me bring it in. Let me bring it in. Here it is. Okay, God, so what you telling me, see, this is what you got to have a conversation with. So, God, what you saying, and hang on me pregnant. It ain't like the stone folks around here for not being pregnant. And I ain't married. And you going, you want, so you want me to do this, God? You, 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 you sure this is what you want me to do? I don't know if I can do that. I want to live to fight another day. And and they ain't, ain't going to be able to do it. And so here it is. God comes to her and he tells her, yes, this is what I want you to do. That's the easy part. But there's a brother at the crib. Come on, brothers. Y'all not going to talk to me. There's a brother at the crib on his recliner, y'all. And Mary going to come to him 
See, the brother's not going to talk to me. She going to walk up in his house and say, let me tell you something, girl. I got a, uh, uh, let me tell you something, uh, husband. Uh, I got a word from God. You're not going to believe this. Gonna blow, go, go, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow you away. Put these handcuffs on real fast before I tell you this. Here it is. God made me pregnant. Come on, that's Maury all over again. Come on now. Can you see it on Maury? God's his daddy. Look at this Marco. God is daddy. Joseph must have got up out that recliner and looked at her and said, woman, you must be foolish. And God sends her into a dark place. While she's already in a dark place. Here's the beautiful thing. As dark as it was around Christmas, right before verse 9, John pins something so profound and yet so prolific. He says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines the darkness and has not overcome it. Mary, I understand that you're in a dark place, but I got some light that can't nobody put out. I got a light that can't nobody overcome. I got a light that nobody can restrict. I got a light that ain't got no jurisdiction. I got a light that goes wherever I tell it to go. Mary, I got a light for you. As Mary waited on that light, as the world waited on that light, you got to understand something about the Jewish people. The Jewish people had been waiting on the coming Messiah. They had been anticipating this light, but they were waiting in the dark. They were waiting in the dark. And friends, what happens when you're waiting in the dark? What happens when there is no light to be found. You know what likes to show up when you're waiting in the dark. You know you get false lights that show up while you're waiting in the dark. Can we be honest? It's when you're in the dark that they slide in your DM and tell you that they are the light for you, girl. I'll be your Nipsco in your calm A. They like to slide in when things are down. Yes, yes, yes. It's when you're going through it. Come on. We had some dark moments in here. You had dark moments in your marriage when when you weren't talking for a while and y'all was sleeping in two different rooms. It was dark up in there and that's when false lights like to come on in. It's when you're in financial bind that 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 false lights like to show up and tempt you there goes that there there it is it comes the temptation every time can we be real in this place i know we're christian filled with the holy spirit but sometimes even believers go through some hard times ever been in a situation so deep situation so Difficult. Speaking of Nipsco, you didn't know how you were going to pay Nipsco. Can we be honest this morning? Have you ever been in a situation where you've been so depressed in your soul that, 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 that you didn't even know if you wanted to call on the name of Jesus? Can we be honest in this place? 
been in a situation where, 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 where you've been trying to get yourself together. You went to the thrift store, bought you a suit, fixed up your resume, and you still ain't found no job. Come on. Ever been in a dark place? Come on, let's be honest this morning. That you know you should love the person, but the love ain't there no more. And yet you're striving to obey God, but your flesh is fighting you a different way. Can we be real up in here? In a dark place. Where I'm emotionally frustrated. Where, where, I'm, where it's emotionally complicated. That, it, that, that if I was to be honest and I was to disclose everything that happened to me, when I was a little child, people would understand why I cry when they assume that I'm crying for no reason. I got darkness in me that nobody knows about. Have I been in a dark place? Here's the Jewish people. They haven't heard from God in almost 400 years. There was no writings. After Malachi, that was it. They, they, they haven't heard from him. And they're eager to hear from God. And as they're waiting, people are writing false gospels. People are proclaiming that they're Jesus. And when you're in a tough, difficult moment, those lights seem appealing. Those lights seem attractive. When you feel like Fannie Lou Hamer, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Oh, that'll preach right there. I'm tired of being tired. Here's Mary. She's tired of being tired. She needs a light, but she don't need just any old kind of light. She needs the true light. She needs the great light. She needs the light that doesn't go out. Mary needs a real light in her life. And here's the thing, my question to you is how do you know who the true light really is? Now I know because y'all educated, y'all got degrees, y'all been going to church for a very long time, and y'all say, Pastor, we know the answer to that question. The true light is Jesus. And to that I say amen. But let's be honest, a lot of us can name the true light, but it's hard for us to identify the true light. We can put a name on them, but sometimes we don't know how to identify him. And have you ever been in a situation where you lost how to identify God? Who's the true light? The true light is Jesus, but how do we identify the light? Well, John gives us a couple clues on how to identify this light. You'll be glad your pastor did his homework. Here it is. Observation number one. When John uses the word true in the Greek language there, there are two different but related words that are almost always translated true in our Bibles. The first word is elites, which means true as opposed to false. See, when you say a different language, even if you get the word wrong, don't nobody know. You feel me? So the first word is elites, as opposed to false. That is, if you were to make a statement in a court of law, it would be either true or false, right or wrong. Are you with me this morning? But that is not the word that John uses here in verses 9. 
Here John uses the word alitanos. This word means true as opposed to partial. Or as we would say, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing. Some of y'all been to court too many times. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. In other words, what John is saying is Jesus ain't just truth. He's the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Oh, y'all miss y'all shout right there. No, 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 no. Jesus is the apex. He is the very definition of what truth is. So that if you go look up in the Bible what truth is, it just should say Jesus. So that truth doesn't define him, he defines truth. Are oh, y'all not with me? It's this thing that's been going around on Facebook. They've been selling these, these little teeth aligners, right? right? If, your, if, if your teeth is out of whack, you ain't even got to go to the dentist. Now, they'll send you a box of aligners. And you put the aligners on your teeth, and over time, your teeth will get into line where they should be. Now, this is where you're going to get your shout at right here. Because the last aligner is what all the other aligners are trying to get to. And, friends, what I'm trying to tell you is that when you get yourself aligned with Jesus, your marriage can get right. Your situation can get right. Your circumstance could get right because Jesus is the truth and to be aligned with him is to be aligned rightly. We say amen. But we've been putting on a whole lot of other aligners and wondering why our situation is still crooked. We wonder why things have not changed and produced the fruit which God wants it to produce. Because, friends, I came to tell you that if you don't do it Jesus' way, you're not going to get Jesus' results. You've got to align yourself with the Word of God. It was real nice on Facebook. The guy, he, I don't know if y'all seen it, but... He was doing a little bouncing head thing because six months ago he, he had a gap in his teeth and, and now he on Facebook bouncing because the, because the gap is closed. But that's because he followed through the instructions. There are 66 books. I'm coming to preach to y'all this morning that'll get you aligned, that'll get you right, and it'll close the gap between you and God. If you would just put on that aligner called the Lord Jesus Christ, God wants to do something new in your life. God wants to do something different in your life. But you got to get in line with the true light. Observation number two. Not only is Jesus the truth and nothing but the truth, but Jesus is also the eternal light. I just want to sit there real fast. There's so much I can ring out here. Let me see if I can preach it in a way that you can understand. Here's what John says in verse 1 before he gets to verse 9. He says, there was the true light, Jesus the God-man. Here it is. He says, as in the beginning, John uses the verb was in the imperfect tense. The teachers in the room know what I'm talking about, which reflects Jesus' continual existence. Continual existence. Yeah, we celebrate him being born into the world. But before he was born into the world, he's the one that made the world, which means that 
which means that you, you got to get this, which means that this light exists outside of time. It exists out time of space and it exists out time of matter. This is important because if you're going to be a true light that I depend on, you can't be dependent on something else. The light in your house is dependent on an outside source in order to give it light. I'm about to bring it home to you. You remember the burning bush when Moses came up to the burning bush. Oh, here's the crazy part. The bush wasn't burning. Why? Because God is a fire that's not dependent on anything. So he doesn't need wood to cause him to burn because he can burn all on his own. So John says this, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word, come on now church. It, it, it could be read like this, in the beginning was the true light, and the true light was with God, and the true light was God. One could paraphrase it this way. There always was the true light. Through all eternity, the light was present. In other words, you'll know you found the true light because you will not be able to put it out. This is why people marvel and wonder at how slaves could be so oppressed, have all their rights taken away, work their hands down to the bone, and you look up in the field and they'll still be singing. Because there's a light that darkness can't put out. There's a light that'll have your coworkers confused. You over there singing, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. And they're trying to figure out what's so bright. Well, there's a light by the name of Jesus that my finances can't put out, that my circumstances can't put out. I got a joy that this world can't give me. I got a peace that this world can't give me. And this light right here, you can't articulate it. You can't explain it. All you can do is receive it. Oh, it's the kind of light that when all hell is breaking loose, when everybody else is falling apart, when everybody else is losing their mind, you're sitting there in a profound peace, in a, in a profound appreciation because God is burning in the inside. I'm just ain't even in my script. I'm just preaching now. I feel them in my soul because there's a moment in my life that if God wasn't that burning light, ministry would have put me out. Circumstance would have put me out. People would have put me out. But there's a light that burns forever deep down in my soul. Oh, I wish I could sing right now. I go into a song right now. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Y'all don't understand. Can I sing about my salvation? This is what David said. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Because there is a joy. There is a peace that money can't buy. That time can't give you. Because when Jesus is on the inside, that's the real light. And they'll try to stop you. They'll try to talk about you, but they'll look over and you'll be this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You ain't got no money in the bank. This little light of mine, 
I'm going to let it shine. You know they talking about you, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And while you're singing, you know they look back at you. They look at you like you're crazy. Because there's only two people that's happy all the time. People who are thickly filled with the Holy Ghost and crazy people. So either you're crazy and you ain't in tune with society or there's a little light in you. And if you hold on to it long enough and you show love long enough, enjoy long enough, you'll turn around and they'll be singing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Y'all go and sit down. Y'all sit down. Y'all know I went to Moody, going to Moody. So let me tell y'all this story. This is what I learned. I learned it in school, y'all. Yeah, young brother got him a little education, y'all. I got a, I got a little bit. And so we were learning about this emperor. His name was Diocletian, and many of you may not know him, but 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 Diocletian was a, he was a rude emperor. He was an evil emperor. He was a unjust emperor. He was an arrogant emperor, and he hated Christians. He hated them so much that he would kill them, take wax, clothe their body in it, and burn them at night for his parties. Dude was cruel. He hated Christianity so much that he was on a crusade to destroy every Bible in the land. So he's wrecking Bibles everywhere, burning them everywhere. Diocletian dies, y'all. His son rises up to power. His son says, I want to know about that book that my daddy was burning. He sent out a request to bring any Bible that they found. By the time he was done, there were thousands of Bibles lined up at his feet. Because here's the deal, y'all. You can't kill the word of God if you try to. It'll outlive you. It's the only, it's the only word that outlive his pallbearers. You can't bury it. It'll rise up again. It's so good that some of us, we're still getting light from Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We're still receiving light from Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Oh, I wish I can preach it the way that I feel it, that he's my light in he's my salvation. We're still hoping in Romans 10, whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be, will be, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, will be saved. So if you're trying to find this light, recognize that it will never go out even in your darkest Hours. And so when John says that Jesus is the true light, he meant every bit of it. Because as you continue to progress through the gospel of John, he's not just true light, he's true bread. That if you're hungry, he'll feed you. Wonder bread ain't got nothing on him. He's a wonder-working God. No, 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 no. Not only is he the true bread, he's the true vine. 
I'm going to give it to you the way he said it. That, 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 that unless you abide in me, you cannot bear fruit. So that if you're trying to walk godly, the key is not your human effort. It's not your own power. It's actually being connected to Jesus. And if you're disconnected from Jesus, you ain't saved. Uh-oh. And the evidence that you ain't saved, this is about to get some of y'all right here, that you ain't producing no fruit in your life. I'm the true vine. He explained this. And what does all this mean? One application is that because Jesus is the true light, when life is at its worst, if Jesus is in your life, God is at his best. Oh, that sounds so nice. I'll say it twice. When, God, when life is at its worst, God is at his best. <laughs> and life may got you down, but it ain't got God down. So remember that Jesus is the life of the party. And as long as Jesus is there, the party is still going. Y'all remember the, uh, the wedding at Cana? See, y'all not going to talk to me. We all right up in here. Okay, we family. Jesus is at the party, y'all. The wine goes out. Now, y'all know what happened when the, when the liquor go out. Let's just be honest. I know y'all church folks, but when the liquor go out, y'all go out. If you want to get people out your house, take away the liquor. They gone. It's as simple as that. And so the liquor, the wine had went out, and Jesus' mother Mary, she knew who the light was, right? She rolled up on Jesus. She said, Jesus, they out of wine. He said, woman, what this got to do with me? She turned around. She ain't even answer. She said, do whatever he tells you to do. By the time Jesus got done, the party was rocking again. Y'all don't know the kind of God that I serve. Y'all trying to get excitement from the world. But I found a better light that keeps the party rocking in your house. As long as Jesus is in your house, your party will be rocking. Here's my last point. I kept y'all long enough. I'm getting ready to park my car and go home. Here it is. What does, what has the true light did, does, and do? Here's the last part right here. Here's the last final analysis. The true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. John's point is that the word who came into the world is the light, the true light, the genuine and ultimate self-disclosure of God himself. So that Jesus' ultimate purpose was to reveal God to us. So in other words, in order to know God, you got to know Jesus. And to know Jesus is to know God. Because Jesus is the true light. Y'all remember Philip, one of Jesus' disciples? He said, Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus said, he said, he said, he said, Lord, show us the Father. And it is enough for us, uh, enough for us. And Jesus turned at him almost with an attitude in his eyes. And he says, have you been with me long? And you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus' purpose of being the light of the world was to disclose God 
to us. Every light has a purpose. I was at Menards, y'all, and I learned something. Y'all not going to believe me, but I was walking down the light aisle, and you know when you go down the light aisle, there's all kinds of lights, all kinds of lights for all kinds of purposes. Y'all going to think I'm crazy, but the light started talking to me. Yeah, they started preaching to me, and I said, y'all not talking to me because y'all inanimate objects. Y'all cannot be talking. There's no life in you, and the light bulb say, hey, Pastor Dex, we want to preach to you. I said, well, you know what, since we're going to do here this in Menards, won't you go ahead? I'm trying to save big money while I'm there. Y'all know where I'm at. And so here it is. I said, well, go ahead and preach to me then. I came across the compact fluorescent light. Y'all know nothing about compact fluorescent light. That light right there, that light will save you money. It, it, it'll get over on Nipsco and Com Ed. That's what that light does. It saves you money. But that light said, I know another light that saves. And his name is Jesus. He's the Savior of the world. I said, well, go ahead and preach, light. And I slid on down. I'm trying to mind my business. And here comes another light in the aisle. It said, hey, preacher, we're talking to you. Once again, I can't be talking to y'all because people going to think that I'm crazy. The second light that spoke to me was the halogen light. This light gives you more light, and it lasts longer. So if you need it to be brighter, all you need is this light. But this light said, I'm just here to point to the true light that has all power in his hands. He's the brightest light that has ever been, and his name is Jesus. I said, y'all go ahead, lights. Y'all preaching now. And I slid on down, and there was another light. It's called neon lights. These lights are all kinds of colors. At this point, I'm trying to get my stuff and go, but the neon light said, hold up. There's another light that died for every color in the world. Boy and girl, black and white, Puerto Rican and brown. Oh, I hear Martin Luther King, Jews and Gentiles, free and slave, barbarian woman. Yes, there's a light that has died for everybody. I say, y'all kept me too long. Y'all keeping me like I keep my church. But there was one more light. It wouldn't let me exit. And here it is. It's the inconsistent light. This is just that regular light bulb that lights up your day. It didn't have nothing to say, but it did say, look at my name. I looked at it real hard. I said, inconsistent light. Oh, I see incarnate light. It started preaching to me because there's an incarnate light and his name is Jesus. Let me just give it to you the way that I know it. The light of heaven left the gate, the gates of glory, came down, put on human flesh. That's God's gift wrapping paper. He put them in human flesh. He sent them on the cross. They spread them wide. They hung them high. And for you and me, he died. Y'all didn't catch it, but that was the first Christmas tree light hung on a Christmas tree. Jesus is the light, and he was hung up on the cross. So the next time you're hanging your Christmas tree lights, you remember the Son of God who hung on a tree for you and I. All those lights were very impressive. But not like the incarnate light of God. Well, this light doesn't just give light to the soul. But this light walks on water. This light gives death to the blind. This light 
heals marriages. There's a light frees those stuck in pornography. This there's a light frees those stuck in anger. There's a light frees those stuck in bigotry. There's a light frees those stuck in adultery. This light frees those uh, frustrated with light. This light right here, if you get this light, I'll go back to it again. You'll be singing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine because when this light shows up, hell can't stop them. The devil can't stop them. You can't stop them. Your mama can't stop them. Your daddy can't stop them. The economy can't stop them. The president can't stop them. The army can't stop them. So don't you worry. Your pretty little head, you just say, this little light of mine. Um, I'm going to let it shine. The beautiful part about Christmas tree lights is that there's always an outlet to plug in more lights. That if you get connected to the light, you can be a light yourself. I don't know what you're going through, but I know Mary was in a dark place, and she got good news. She, Mary had a little lamb, and that little lamb has been the light of the world. And so when you turn the news on, and when you hear about another young girl being snatched up from sex trafficking, when you look at the statistics and you see the number of black and brown boys disproportionately locked up, consider the school systems in Gary that are all messed up. When you consider that your spouse ain't touched you in years, when you consider that you went to the doctor and you got the wrong news and you were disappointed, you remember this, that God sent the true light into the world. And though we're celebrating his birth, I came to tell you that the Bible says that he's coming again and that he'll wipe away every tear and he's taking away all pain and he's taking away all sickness. That all those who call on the name of the Lord, that they'll get a little light. If y'all don't mind, I feel like worshiping him now. I feel like praising him now. Can we stand to our feet and begin to lift up our hands and lift up our voices and remember? Not the fluorescent light, not the neon light, but the incarnate light of God.